podcast. Uh, thank thank you, you all for Hello. joining us here, uh, listening and watching on whatever platform you are doing so. Uh, Alex, thanks for being here. Uh, Jeremy, once again, this is, I believe, your second time on the it podcast. It is my second time. Thank all, you for having me. Always a pleasure to have you. Uh, so today, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a different style podcast. Um, we're actually going to be talking about uh, someone in our community who has, uh, first and foremost, has a lot of great things to say. Um, we're actually going to be doing a uh, full-blown episode on this uh, this individual. Um, but before we get there, we're actually going to start off with some community questions um, straight off the bat. We love we love that you guys uh, comment and all the stuff on the, on the YouTubes, as well as give us some content uh, to talk about on the podcast with your questions. So thank you so much for posting. Uh, so actually, Jeremy, let's, let's start with you. How about uh, we go first and foremost with you with uh, the first one? The first question. Yes, sir. Is from Dwight Souder, I believe it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. For Flight Fest, will there be speakers, workshops, demos, etc.? Something similar to last year. If so, will there be a schedule posted soon? I'm really looking forward to Flight Fest, and I'm hoping to bring some of my FT STEM students. That's awesome, by the way. <laughs> uh, from my school, out to experience this event. Keep doing what you are doing. All of you are awesome and appreciate all of your hard work. Thank you very much, Dwight, for that. Uh, we really appreciate your enthusiasm and we are excited about Flight Fest this year Indeed. as well. Yeah, so uh, there will be uh, different speakers and workshops and stuff like that, just uh, like we did last year with like build series. Uh, there'll actually be a STEM STEM tent like there was last year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be a lot of different things going on. The schedule is not yet posted. Yes. But as of right now, it's in the process. It's in the works. Uh, we have Jordan working on that uh, all day, every day. So that should be coming out here soon. Um, if And if by this time you probably haven't, you're probably listening right now and it's not been posted because it's actually the day that we're shooting right now. Usually it's a week in advance, but today is actually the day that's going out. <laughs> yeah, and we, we did uh, Flight Fest East last year was the first time we did anything like that. We did workshops. Mm-hmm. So it was almost kind of like a fly-in slash uh, expo. You could go and and, and learn stuff in in, right. in, in the uh, in the build series tent, and we learned a lot last year. Mm-hmm. So our hope this year is we are going to take what we learned from last year and hopefully streamline that uh, to make it even even better than last year. So for sure, for hope sure. to see you guys there. Indeed. All right. Next one, uh, Alex. Uh, can I do? I have you to- you can jump around or you can go straight down. Doesn't matter. All right. Can the Kraken knife edge? That's asked by James <laughs> Curtis. <laughs> Well, well, it depends on which tree. If you got enough power, anything can knife edge. Well, typically, like a flying wing cannot knife edge, but because the Kraken has two motors, mm-hmm. um, if you have differential thrust set up and you have quite a bit of skill, um, <laughs> you can actually use the thrust of the motors to kind of put it into like a weird knife edge looking thing. Right. Um, I can't do it. <laughs> you don't think you can? But you don't have the confidence? No. Josh, Josh can do it. Um, but great question, James Curtis. I, if you haven't built a Kraken, I hope mm. you sure do. Yep. Um, it is the biggest, most docile, friendly giant of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> it is the largest plane in our arsenal, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So thanks so much, James. Uh, let's Here's the next one. Let's do uh, Kyle Williams asks, are we going to get any micro planes? What are the new plane projects going to be? Actually. Does he mean, I wonder if he means like uh, kits. Like foam board or or. Ready to fly is not exactly sure on what you're asking. Well, we we have kicked around. Actually, we worked with Adams. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, um, Christian Meese down yep. in our uh, he he he's our um, inventory manager. Mm-hmm. 
um, down in our shipping and fulfillment center, he actually worked with Adams and he produced a foam board that it's in an old vlog that we did a, a, mm-hmm. a couple months ago, but um, it's, it's a foam, same foam board as, as what we use our big planes, but it's like a third of the thickness. Right. And we did some prototyping with it and it ended up being a little bit more challenging than we expected. Right. You can definitely make one. You can definitely make it fly. Um, but we like to uh, we like to make our airplanes uh, fly as forgiving as possible. Right. And with at that size, with that foam board, um, even though it is a third of the thickness, it is not a third of the weight. Right. Um, so you ended up with little heavy planes. And also, as a lot of you know, um, when you scale down airplanes, the molecules, the air molecules stay the same size. So right. the flight characteristics <laughs> don't go with the plane as you scale it down. The smaller it gets the more squirrely it is to fly. Exactly. Um, that's why a lot of actual bigger planes, um, even like 3D planes and stuff like that, they're actually easier to fly than, than say, like a smaller, like park flyer size 3D plane. Right. Um, but good question. And if you were referring to just like ultra micros in our reviews and on our videos and stuff, it's funny you say because we're actually <laughs> – Later today. Yeah, later today we're going to be heading out to the park to shoot some uh, ultra micro episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the E-Flight – I believe it's E-Flight uh, Waco mm-hmm. biplane. Yep. Uh, which I'm super excited about. Yeah, I think it's cool awesome. looking plane. Well, it, it reminds me – like one of my first uh, – actually, it wasn't really too early of an experience for me, but one of my first like – Really successful experiences uh, in recent times with the RC Hobby was with the E-Flight Beast, which is a, a biplane that they had uh, probably five or six years ago when it came out. Okay. And it reminds me a lot of that. It's the same size. It's a biplane. It's scale. Like It looks really cool. And uh, hopefully it flies as good as the Beast does, if not better. I, I have a feeling it will probably fly better. But we also have yeah. the um, the Ultra Micro Cessna yep. 182, which is a new one from Horizon, fairly new from Horizon. Um, and we're also doing the Torrent, as a, yeah. a lot of you guys have probably seen. It's a little micro 110 brushless FPV quad, and uh, a lot of people have really been loving it. So I think uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, too. those those micro brushless quads. We talked about it on a, on a podcast uh, just a couple couple back, and they're really coming up on the scene. I mean, it, the the amount of performance and the power and just everything that goes into it, and everything's getting smaller and smaller. It's just really cool to see everything that people are yeah. doing and coming to. Actually, um, this morning I noticed that uh, Carlos uh, Sharpu actually posted his first video in like nearly almost a year. Um, every, <laughs> Sharpu. Everybody in the, the Mini Quad FPV community was like, is Sharpu still alive? Because he like hasn't, hasn't posted. I know that he's been very busy with work, but he posted a video and he's like, hey guys, just wanted to let you all know that I'm still alive and I still do fly. He's like, I fly for fun. He said, so he posted the video and it's actually a micro quad. Oh, nice. Um, So he's not running a GoPro. I think it was like a three or four inch setup and it's just a a quick video of his DVR just ripping. So I would imagine that uh, he's been just flying micro quads. And that honestly, um, it is one of the more fun FPV experiences. And I think part of the reason is, is because you don't have to worry too much about, you don't have to worry about your GoPro, your Mm -hmm. memory card, your battery. You just turn it on, put your goggles on. And go out and have an experience. You don't need to worry about like capturing cool tricks. <laughs> no, you're not recording, so you just right. do whatever you want. So it's true. No, that's really cool. So g- great question there, uh, uh, Kyle Williams. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Next one. Yeah, I'll go at random here. Close my eyes and point. Uh, Tyler Knep, are you guys gonna have any Gremlin specific events at Flight Fest East? That that is a good question. Obviously, we've gotten a lot of traction with the Gremlins, uh, with people building and designing their own. Um, obviously, with quads at flight festivals, uh, usually 
with FPV signals, mm -hmm. you have you have issues because you can't cross over. Yeah, um, we've been people. we've been tossing out some ideas. Um, there's nothing in the works as of right now that I'm aware of, but we have been tossing about ideas about uh, possibly making some some Gremlin specific uh, options for Flight Festis. Like I said, it's in the it's in the early stages. If it happens, uh, we will keep you posted. Well, I think if there's enough interest in anything, like we can make it happen. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a great question. My my uh, advice would be to go into the forums and see if there's anybody else interested in something like that. Yep. And if there is a big interest, uh, we have MultiGP who's going to be there running our mm -hmm. FPV signals. Um, they do a great job, and we can easily we can easily uh, plan something like that so we can have a little gremlin race. Exactly, which I think would be really That'd cool. Be a little micro race. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go with uh, ooh. Here's one. Sparkle Pony asks, is one of you going to come jam with us at our campground this year? Boom. Done. Yeah, done. I'll be there. <laughs> actually, yes, actually, last Sparkle Pony, for those of you guys who don't know, they're actually the awesome band mm -hmm. that played live music last year at East, and they will be back this year. Um, they are kind of like a traditional folk style um, younger group of musicians, all extremely talented. Um, I actually, I talked to Lewin, who is probably the guy that asked the question. And he said that uh, they're excited to be back. They have a new mandolin player. Ooh. And supposedly he shreds on the mandolin. He's, like, supposed <laughs> to be one of the best mandolin players, like, in the country, which I don't know what? how they rate that. But right. um, I'm super interested. <laughs> but last year uh, they played a set on Friday, Saturday night. They played for, like, a couple hours. Mm -hmm. they, and then on, I think it was Saturday night, after they were done, they just went over to the campfire and just kept playing. And they played and jammed. And all the, there was a bunch of musicians there. They all played till like, wee hours of the morning. Yeah. I kind of my my body by that point at Flight Fest last year kind of <laughs> shut down, so I had to go uh, black out somewhere because um, I was just so exhausted from from the event. So I missed it, which I'm still salty right. about. But I'm going to do everything in my power to to make it this year. So. Yeah, I got I got the opportunity to be there and and uh, sing and play violin a little bit while we were sitting there, uh, and it was a it was a special time. Uh, they uh, they're super welcoming and inviting. Not only are they super talented, but they're great people. Uh, and they uh, they do w what they do. They do very well. Uh, so come out and uh, enjoy that at Flight Fest East this year, as well as uh, give them some some support. Uh, check them out. Uh, we'll have links down below to uh, to everything Sparkle Pony, um, and uh, you know, right on. You know what I'm saying? So uh, let's uh, let's do a couple more. Alex, my man. Okay, let's see what we got here. Uh, we have. Jared Hitchcock says, why did you think it was a good idea to do a fidget spinner episode? <laughs> that's, a, that's a mighty fine question. Yes, there. It's a great uh, question. Jared. Um, quite honestly, the fidget spinners took us by storm. We had no control over it. <laughs> when somebody gives you a fidget spinner, uh, you have no control over it. You, you, you fidget it's with addictive. it. It's <laughs> addictive. Um, and I know that uh, these little fidget spinners trigger a lot of people out there. It's obvious from our video yes, that we did. Yes, indeed. Um, we were the same way mm -hmm. before we met Joey at Flight Fest, and he just had this, like, cachet of of fidget spinners. <laughs> and opens he, it up. He, he's just like, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how they have those trench coat people at New yeah, York, and they open, they got exactly. watches. He was like, here. <laughs> and ever since, like, we've had them. So we can't help it. I, I'm sorry, but I can't stop. Well, um, well something with that, too, is – 
what I really like about flight test is we see anything that's around and we want to make it fly. Yeah. Right. And so everybody in the office is doing these fidget spinners and we're like, okay, we got to make this fly. And then when Josh did his prototype, it was uh, very similar. Now I'm blanking on the name of the airplane, but it was a VTOL actual mm-hmm. aircraft uh, that it looked very similar to. Well, he based it off of uh, auto gyro, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah. a lot of comments said that it looked like an Osprey. Yeah, that's um, what I was when it was of. flying. But actually, the design is based around a. Uh, he originally did, and this is old. You can go back and find the video. It's called a twin twirl. Um, him and Chad built those, scratch built them. I think there's even a build video. But this was like <laughs> early days, 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Um, so it's it's the same. It's a it's a it's a twin uh, bladed auto gyro, mm-hmm. and they actually those they're they're real aircraft. Then they actually used to have twin bladed ones like that back in like the early days of 30s and 40s like mm, back in awesome. the golden age of flight so yeah the fidget spinner is kind of how it came to be but i'll let you guys in on a little secret i've been <laughs> i've been trying to convince josh because like i've seen that auto gyro fly the way it does because like mm-hmm. the, the latest model it actually flies really really well um i've been trying to convince him to do a speed build kit because I really think like personally, selfishly, I just really want one. But also like I think it would give a it's a little bit more uh, unique uh, model to add to our collection of planes. Right. Uh, we have like EDF Vigan. We have stuff from like the FT Flyer up to FT 3D. Um, we have some scale planes like the Storch, mm-hmm. the Sea Duck, which is a water plane. Right. I think the Auto Gyro would be a nice uh, little addition, not only to our collection, but hopefully your guys' is if you guys are scratch building our planes. Um, because I've never actually flown an Auto Gyro, and I think it looks like a ton of fun to fly. Right. And it's definitely unique if you bring it out to the field. So if you guys want to see something like that, let us know in the comments yes. so then we can tell Josh, hey, look at yeah, all these people. Because <laughs> I think, like, and I'm not talking fidget spinner plane. I'm talking, like, make it look like a sweet, like, 1920s, 20s, whatever years they were doing it. But, yeah, back in the day, that like, the those twin auto gyros, they were, like, a luxury yeah. kind of yacht that the rich and famous would have. And they would get in those things and with no training and just, like, fly them around <laughs> recreationally. <laughs> Um, just kind of like you know, rich people buy yachts today. So right. it's I think it would be really cool to dive into that and build a model. So yeah, definitely. and and fidget spins in general. If you haven't gotten one, yeah, and you if you, you, even you if you have a friend who has one, you're gonna get hooked. Well, when, it, when it, 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 it's different. Like if you have a friend that has one and you try it, no, that's not the same. You need to have one that <laughs> right. is, that is your own. Yeah, and then then you will understand. Yes, because you might just be like, oh, this is dumb, whatever. But then you're sitting at your desk and you just happen to look down and you're just, you know, flicking, it. flicking the fidget spinner <laughs> and you're just like, dang it. And that's what happened to us. So yeah. thank you, Joey, for uh, feeding our addiction. Thank you, now. Joey. Appreciate and thank it. you, Jared, for the question. Yes, indeed. Go ahead, my good man. All right. Uh, Jason Toscano, when is the carbon fiber gremlin frame going to be available? Ooh. I think there's going to be a few different carbon fiber yeah. frames. Actually, TJ's sitting right behind the camera. Hey, TJ, when's that carbon fiber stuff coming? The last I heard is we got the samples in. They were good to go. Josh put an order in. So, so it's coming from China. Week. So yeah. orders in. They're coming probably yep. within when it's coming from China. That means we never really know for sure. <laughs> two to ten weeks. <laughs> two, two to ten weeks. Um, but ho- hopefully soon. Um, they're They're super awesome. They look amazing. Uh, they're very durable and they're even lighter. So and also we got we got some uh, some little things from from Emacs as well uh, that we were messing around with uh, the, uh, yesterday actually right we were putting uh, bigger 
faster, more powerful oh, yeah, motors yeah. on little those. tiny baby red bottoms. Yeah, like, like little baby red bottoms. They have 4,500 yeah. kV or 4,000 kV and then 6,000 kV motors. I flew it. On two, and I was talking to Ian to, on two cell. It rips mm-hmm. like it does. On a two cell battery. It's and it's perfect for your two cell batteries. So be on the lookout for those coming here. Well, soon t- as well. I flew it on three cell. Did you? TJ even flew it on four cell. Oh my goodness! And uh, it, it handled them all pretty well. He was flying like a, a nine hundred milliamp four cell battery, which is like <laughs> a huge battery right. for a gremlin. And, and no no problem with the battery. It handled it's, it fine. It's yeah. Wasn't it sound- that the Versacopter battery? It sounded no. It was a uh, Vortex. Vortex. Yes. Yeah. Vortex. Another one of those V ones. Um, but it, it flew good. It sounded really angry, but it flew good. That's that's um, that's a fantastic little thing right there. It's awesome. Well, uh, so thank you so much for your questions. First and foremost, uh, we always like to get to those. A lot of good ones today, to be honest with you. Um, and we'll be uh, chatting more about those in the future. Continue to post because uh, we love to hear what you guys want to hear about, um, and we always want to answer your questions to the best of our abilities. So thank you so much for posting. We really appreciate that. Um, and now we're going to kind of slide right into the the main content of today's uh, podcast, which is uh, a, a opportunity that you both actually got to go to where was that maps air museum mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. where he was at yeah um to go uh kind of get the opportunity to meet this this man named uh bill i think it's bill woodall yes is woodall, that right yep okay mr um, woodall now now talk a little <laughs> bit about uh your experience with him and 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 who this 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 man and what he represents well it's kind of interesting uh alex and i both had mm-hmm. a like one-off connection to him through different means <laughs> yeah <laughs> um why don't you yeah, uh, well, he, Bill is, he's 91 years old, first off. <laughs> yeah. Hello, so, Bill. He, and he, uh, basically, what we went to do is he scratch-built a Sopwith triplane. And I'm the not talking... Sopwith ta- camel, yeah. I'm not talking about a RC plane. I'm talking about an actual airplane. Like, it, uh, and you can't even put it into words how incredible it was. And that's why we're give, we're going to give away some spoilers because we did an episode on this, but it's not going to do it justice. You got to have to go yeah. see the episode mm-hmm. because the visuals that Jeremy shot, he got a ton of great B-roll and the stories from, from Bill are, are fantastic. Yeah. So. Bill is 91. He's sharp as a tack. Oh and yeah. Just like he, he told a bunch of different stories about his his experience building this and and uh, the inspiration for it, all that yep. kind of thing, and it was just fascinating to listen to him talk and then see the plane in person. It was it uh, was, was crazy, really cool. and it's kind of unique because he's a local guy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's mm-hmm. this there's this triplane that he built. He built it he built it using all original techniques, tools, and materials. So he built the triplane. What? Exactly like they built it in World War One, and we should have mentioned it's a World War One plane. For those yeah, of you guys yeah, aren't yeah, familiar, yeah. it's like uh, we'll we'll post some pictures in in the uh, in the show notes. Um, it's a gorgeous airplane, and he built this in his house. He started building it in his <laughs> house. Yeah, um, and it from from talking to him, I I got the chance to interview him, and from talking to him. It seems like the only reason he did this is because he had an obsession and a fascination with World War One. Yeah, um, he was just fascinated by it, and I feel like it was kind of a bucket list thing that he loved aviation. He was a pilot, obviously, um, and he also loved World War One, and like he just wanted to fly an actual World War One plane. And obviously, those are pretty tough to come by, almost <laughs> nearly impossible. Yeah, right. So he went upon himself to uh, to build build one an exact replica yeah um and he based it off the actual plans of of a sop with triplane 
um, which I should mention I learned from him, the Sopwith triplane actually came before the Red Baron, the Fokker DR1 triplane. Based it oh, off wow. of the Sopwith design, yeah. Yeah, so they kind of took the idea from Sopwith, which I, I thought I yeah. didn't know, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Apparently he said that the Sopwith had actually been retired from production before the uh, Fokker triplane yep. was even put into service. Uh-huh. So they're like, oh, this is an old design. <laughs> I think they went uh, shortly after that with the SE5, which is a biplane. Yeah. And so the the triplane that the Red Baron flew was based off of yep. that Sopwith Camel, which was, you know, like a decade before technology. <laughs> <laughs> and you could tell his his passion for World War One and, and his fascination just by like when he would – when he would say stuff like that, like, oh yeah, the Sopwith came first, he would drop in little fact bombs of <laughs> World War One. It's like, oh yeah, and that one guy that he'd name a pilot. He's like, he shot down five planes on that mission. I'm just I don't know exactly what he said. I can't remember. That's why you gotta go watch the, yeah, the episode. But uh you could just tell because he was he was totally in it. He loves World War One. Um but anyways, he he started building the plane in nineteen sixty, in the sixties. And uh, it wasn't until 1993 that it actually flew. Yeah. So oh, he, wow. he put in hundreds and probably thousands of hours, I would imagine, yeah. um, over the years. Took him decades to do. Um, and it's kind of unique because he ended up flying it for the first time at Wadsworth Municipal Airport, which is uh, not only where I grew up. I grew up in uh, Wadsworth, but actually mm-hmm. at the time, uh, my dad, who was a pilot, he um, he was event he was coordinating the Wadsworth air show they had like uh, they call it the great balloon race and they would have hot air balloons they'd have uh aviation attractions they'd have aerobatic pilots and stuff like that my dad he was the one putting on that show and uh they had him come down uh and the triplane wasn't done yet Mm -hmm. um, but they wanted him to bring it down and put it on display for the air show okay and my dad set up uh i actually talked to him about it the other day Uh, my dad was super excited that we did this but (laughs) he um he he was talking to to Bill on the phone and trying to convince him to bring it down, and uh, Bill was you know Bill said well I need hangar space so my dad arranged he knew somebody at the airport who had a, a open hangar found him a hangar the airplane wasn't done so that I think they they trucked it down there it was on display for the air show and then he hangered it there at the airport um, until it was finished and then when it was wow. finished he took it up for a solo for its first flight. And I mean, I got to take a moment because like building a pl- a World War One plane with all original techniques and tools in your home, and then and this thing is huge. Oh yeah, this thing is huge. I'm probably exaggerating, but like three wings high. It's like twelve, fifteen feet. I mean, it's gigantic. Easy, yeah. It's uh, it's a big, big plane. It has an old rotary engine. Um. He said that uh, he had to pay $10,000 for the engine back in the day um, because he just can't find him. It's an original. It's what they actually used. Um, But he took it up for its first flight and he flew it successfully and brought it back down and and landed it. And uh, hearing his story and hearing his experience uh, firsthand uh, was absolutely incredible. The fact that this guy did it and. Um, he had a lot of aviation background, so it wasn't like the first time he ever flew. Right. Yeah. He, um, he was in the military and, uh, I think he did, did he say he learned how to fly in the military? Yeah. He started in 44, um, joined up with pilot program Mm -hmm. and learned a steerman, got a solo, but he didn't get his wings in the military because the war 
ended. Mm. Um, so he shipped back home and basically took a hiatus from aviation, mm-hmm. uh, had a family, and then... He um, said he rented planes. Uh, one of my favorite stories that he told was, uh, well, first off, his dad was actually a World War One veteran. Mm. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. Bill's 91. So yeah. his dad wow. was a World War One veteran. I don't know. He was in the Navy. I forget exactly what he did, but he was on a big ship. And back in back then, World War One, they didn't have. Uh, um, he wasn't on like an actual aircraft carrier. It was a it was a boat that had some seaplanes on it. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is the huge ship would do a big, huge circle in the ocean, and it would calm the waters in the middle of that circle from <laughs> from the wake. What? And then they'd take a huge crane and they'd lift up these float planes and drop them into that calm water, and then they could take off and go do a mission. And then That's when awesome. they when they when they were done with their mission, they'd come back. The boat would do another big circle, calm the waters in the middle. They'd land. The boat would come over and and pick them up out of the water. <laughs> and Unique thing that uh, that Bill was saying is that um, his dad, he didn't believe that humans belonged in the air. He didn't believe in oh, wow. this new technology because to him, you know, flying aviation was still f- relatively new at that time. You know, World War One. it's shortly after it all happened for the first time. Mm. So it's kind of like, you know, you have parents now that are like, oh, get off your cell phones. Yeah, right. Bill's dad is like, get out, <laughs> get out of, of your plane. Get, get out, out of your airplane. Get out of the air. <laughs> oh um, but one of the, going, going back to the original story, uh, one of my favorite stories that he told is that um, his dad never really was very positive or supportive of him mm. flying. Um, he said one of the only positive memories he has was in 1948, he convinced his dad to um, to go for a flight with him. And they mm-hmm. took off right here, right down the road from us at uh, Akron Fulton Airport, I believe mm-hmm. it was. They rented an old Stinson, um, a little four-seater Stinson airplane. Um, they flew it from Akron up to Cleveland, and they went to the Indians game. It was the World Series. Actually, I don't think it was called the World Series. It was like, uh, I forget what they called it back then. (laughs) Championship baseball game, 1948. Uh, He said that the they they went up to uh, Burke Lakefront Airport, which is, uh, he said at the time, he said it was uh, not even finished construction. It was basically just a bunch of cement blocks going out by the water up there in Cleveland. Uh, there's no there's no air traffic control. Right. He said he just had to go up there and just kind of look around, make sure that all the other air traffic. <laughs> he said there was, he said there was actually quite a bit of air traffic you right. know at the time, which is crazy to think about. 1948, like all these old vintage airplanes, That's which right. were new at the time. He said he just had to. You just had to make a move, make it look like you you knew what you were doing, and just get a spot and get in there and land. And uh, so they landed and they went to the game. Uh, he said it was packed. He said there was seventy five plus thousand people there. There were people shoulder to shoulder outside of the stadium, and the Indians won. And uh, they had a great time. And they left. And they were walking back to the airport to the plane, and it was bumper to bumper traffic everywhere. Um, cars were just at a standstill because it was just so crazy. Everybody right. was like celebrating and whatnot. <laughs> they walked back to the airport, get in a the plane. There's a storm coming. They raced the storm, outran the storm back to Akron, landed. Uh, as they were pushing the plane in, it was starting to rain just a little bit. And uh, as they were putting the plane away, his dad said, he said, gee, he said, he said I bet they're still stuck in traffic up there. That's awesome. And and that was Bill's that was the moment with his dad that he attached to that he right. that he remembered. Uh, it was the only time that his dad gave him kind of like positive affirmation about his his passion and mm-hmm. Bill laughed when he told the story. He thinks it's funny too. Um 
But I, I just thought that was awesome. Such a really cool story. Like, right. Um, and he had a, he had all kinds of stories. He uh, he also had a um, uh, before he built the triplane. He gyro had, glider. He, yeah, he had a, a friend right. friend of his and him. They built an auto gyro, kind of just like what we were talking mm-hmm. about. But from what it sounded like, it was a um, it was a single rotor auto gyro, and this had mm-hmm. to be in the fifties, um, which. I should mention at that time, auto gyros did exist and they were extremely sketchy <laughs> and they scratch built one. Dang. And they, I think the one that they built was called a Benson gyro glider. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Good memory. Yeah. Um, we'll play that, Jeremy. But they, <laughs> they built it and they were testing it. They didn't have a motor in it yet. So what they would do is they would tow it. And he said they did this like a handful of times. He said that both him and his friend both flew it. They tied it to a car. <laughs> And they started, one of them would drive the car. One of them the would other drive the car, <laughs> and they'd be on a radio to say "go faster" or "slow down." <laughs> and they're in this sketch. You got to no get way. this gyro up to speed, going into the wind. Get your get your uh, blade up to the right RPM, and then they would lift it off and and kind of tow it and fly it behind. <laughs> and they were looking for a motor to put in it, and that's when uh, his friend, who he built it with, uh, saw somebody fly, and they they got into a crash and. It actually killed the pilot, and mm. it freaked him out. And that's We're when, not going to put a motor on That's this. when they called it off. <laughs> and so then he's like, idea. I'm going to build a triplane now yeah. and yeah. put a motor in it and fly it. Wow. So it's, that's fantastic. Uh, he, he was full of all kinds of, yeah. all kinds of crazy stories. But going back to the, uh, the triplane, he, he said that uh, he ended up flying it. I think he said he attempted to fly it four times, mm-hmm. and he was successful on two of those times. Yeah, he brought it and back. One was on accident. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He's like, so I got in the airplane and I wanted to taxi it and get up to speed and stuff, see how it's going. And he said the way the cockpit is designed, you actually have to put your head down underneath the machine gun handle to see the the instruments okay he's like i wanted to see my airspeed and i put my head down there and i saw zero airspeed I'm like okay i'm i've done my taxi i'm gonna turn around he came back up and he was off the ground yeah <laughs> he's what? like oh okay um and, and he had to do a loop around the his his airspeed indicator wasn't working and he yeah. like looked down to oh, check it and no. he's like hmm I must not be going that fast he pulls his head up he's off the ground <laughs> and if you watch the video this is actually another really cool fact that i didn't mention um, not only was my dad there at the time that it flew, but also Bob. Yeah, Bob, Bob Parmalee. Background Bob. Good old um, <laughs> He was there as well, and he saw it fly for the first time, and uh, actually that, that's how we got the footage. We have actual yeah. uh, old VHS footage. Old VHS really? all the lines of, from the both flights. Oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. Um, I can't wait to cut this together with the photos. He's. I was uh, talking with – actually, I, I know his niece, which is how I got in touch oh, okay. with him. And she's going to be getting me some high res oh, awesome. photos oh, of fantastic. the build and everything. And it's really, really impressive just I can't seeing this see thing it. come together in his basement. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yep. that's an, un- first of all, that's an unbelievable, first of all, he's got so many unbelievable stories, I'm sure. But just listening to you guys talk about Bill and the journey that he's been on, I have to, I have to go watch this episode. Like it's, it's I, gonna be I cool. cannot not watch this. Or well, something will be missing in my life. <laughs> the the airplane is at Maps, and actually, it's probably shown up in the vlog. I think um, so. We mm-hmm. filmed it a couple of times, just like really quick shots. Um, but it, it's absolutely gorgeous. That, I, mean, I think that's the one I was talking about. How yeah, like, it's I would be stitched so together. Yeah, yeah, is that? Oh my goodness, that's the one. <laughs> Um, wow! Well done, Bill. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was an incredible, incredible story, and yeah. uh, he obviously has the the passion for aviation um, and World War One. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was apparent. I mean, he he built he spent 
over 30 years building this plane and he flew it twice and then he donated it to a museum. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's passion. Yeah. He, he wanted yeah. to, he flew a world war one plane. Like there's, there's probably less than a handful of people who can say that that are still alive, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. It's crazy. So, Bill, thank you so much for, for everything that you uh, have done and, and the inspiration, not only in, not right now, just here in this moment in my heart that like I want to go build something with my hands and I'm not really that big of a builder. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I don't really build at all. Uh, but this story makes me want to go just yeah. do and build something. It's definitely an inspiration. Yeah, and it's yeah. fantastic. So thank you so much for for everything that you've done. Uh, thank you for allowing us to capture it um, on film. I'm sure Jeremy is super excited to cut it together. Yeah. Uh, I told Bill that he's going to inspire many, many, many people. 100%. He, already, he already has, and the yeah. episode hasn't yeah. gone yeah. out yet. <laughs> I've, only, I've only just heard snippets, which is fantastic. Um, also, uh, Bill, thank you so much for your service. Um, I know we talk about it all the time here on the uh, the podcast and, and at flight tests and stuff like that, but um, it's kind of been a thing in the media lately. But, you know, thank you so much for what you did uh, in the war. Mm-hmm. Um, you have allowed us to uh, sit here at a table and talk about things that we love to talk about, you know, and what we're passionate yep. about without feeling that we're going to be oppressed or um, we have freedom of speech, you know, all these different things um, because of, of, of your service. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And all of you that are listening or watching uh, that have been in the um, any, any Marines or Navy or Army, it doesn't matter. Thank you all for your service as well for everything that you guys have done. And on that note, actually, we uh, I have a, a small – I have a foreign member uh, that uh, has also – he was a Marine uh, in the – I think in the 1990s. Uh, and his name – I don't know his name. His name's Gazoo on the forums. But I, I was touched by this little um, – Note that uh, I found this actually this morning before I it wasn't even planned to be on this podcast, uh, but it's very fitting for what we've been talking about. Um, he uh, he he was a Marine in the 1990s. Uh, he also uh, actually was a a Cessna Cessna guy actually. Nice uh, Cessna 152. Uh, he cool. made his first solo at 16th birthday, uh, and then he ran out of money. That's what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> Alex knows your pain. Cause I flew 152s as well. It's kind of crazy. Uh, and then uh, you fast forward to today after after joining the Marines, uh, being a uh, flight equipment tech, which is the guy that uh, gathers all the stuff out uh, of the plane that falls out when they, they pull the oh crap switch. Uh, so he was the guy that helped with that, which is really cool. Um, and then uh, he, had, he had a nephew, right, who had a Super Cub 3. Um, and I guess the, the nephew was just begging and begging and begging for him to come try it out. And so he finally, finally gave in. Um, and he's like, go ahead, let's go fly it. So after he flew it with his nephew, the next day he went and bought an apprentice because oh, he, he had to apprentice <laughs> as 15. He, he had to get one, uh, went to his local club, zipping it around. And then he sees this bloody wonder with a, with a, a blue wonder motor on it. And the guy, after going up and talking to him, the guy said, yeah, well, I actually built this plane with plans that I got from flight test. Um, nice. And so, so from that point on, he's been hooked on foam board. He's been building ever since. Um, yes, he's made mistakes and he's done some crazy things, but I think he's done estimated, I think, about 30 or more FT airplanes. Um, oh, wow. As well as Holy other cow. planes as well, t- 12 that are actually able to fly. Um, <laughs> as we know, we crash all the time. Um, but he, he he sent us a, a big thank you uh, to not only us, but, and this is the main reason, to all of the forum members um, for, for providing him an awesome experience as well as 
you know, these things can be kind of costly and frustrating at yeah. times. This mm-hmm. hobby can be. And, and I want to just read the quote. He said, my experience has been neither of those. It has been fun and rewarding, dot, 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 and cheap, <laughs> exclamation <laughs> point. He said, thank you all for what you have done. Um, so, and, and the reason I bring that up is because, yeah, we talk about the forums. We talk about uh, the articles and stuff like that. But you guys on the forums and, and in the community don't realize the amount of, of, of impact that, that you have on not only us here at Flight Test, but the rest of the community. Yeah. Each one of you has a role to play. And we have to just th- say thank you so much for all that you guys do because without you, we wouldn't be here. But also just to think about when you go and you post on a forum or, or you make an article, you know, that allows for someone else to be inspired. You know, with Bill Woodall and his stop with Triplane, we haven't seen the episode yet, right? It hasn't been cut together. But once that goes live, the amount of people that he will inspire based on his experience and what he's done is going to be massive, right? The reach is going to be massive. And, and, and you're no different. Those of you in the forums and, and, and on the community, you're no different. You, you inspire people daily. Flight Fest is an example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for all you do. Keep inspiring. Keep going. Push the limits. Um, and like I said, we, we want to hear from you. We want to talk with you. If you have episode ideas, if you have podcast ideas, if you have questions or concerns, leave them down below. Let us know. Shoot us emails, whatever it may be. And uh, we want we want to have you as much a part of it as we, as we can. Yeah, for sure. And if you guys are, uh, maybe some of you listening out there are maybe new in the hobby or um, maybe haven't found somebody to share the hobby with, mm. Uh, definitely encourage you guys to do so. Um, jump into the forums. Yep. Um, there's tons of really, really helpful, not only helpful, but also extremely knowledgeable people uh, that hang out there in the forums. And one of the things that we're really proud of is it's a, it's a very welcoming, welcoming and, and warm community. Like 100%. that's like what, that's what flight test is all about. Um, but even, even on the other end too, like get out to your local flying club. Yep. Like a lot of times flying clubs have a bad rap and some of them, some of them, there's a reason for that, but yep. other ones there's, <laughs> there's people like that guy with that bloody wonder out there. Yep. Um, and that's what it's all about. Like I, I play, uh, I play video games and same thing, like depending on what kind of game you're playing, you're playing an MMO, you're going to have a lot more success in that game. If you go out and you find other players or you have right. somebody to play with and you learn from each other, same thing. I play guitar. It's all about, you play with other people, you get that influence, you learn, you learn techniques mm-hmm. and you, you build your style based on who you're around. Right. And honestly, I mean, I think, I believe that it goes, that's, that's what life's all about. Yep. I mean, it's all about sharing who you, it with know. who you are as a person is shaped by the people uh, that, that, that you share your life with. And right. uh, it, it's kind of might sound kind of corny, but I, I believe that's true. And it, the same thing goes for the hobby is mm-hmm. you're going to progress um, not only in the hobby, but also just in general, building relationships with people. If you go out there and you find people to share it with, 100%. So definitely encourage you guys to do so. That's what it's all about. Yep. And there's also a thing called FT groups. If you haven't gotten checked that out, uh, that is actually a, a tool that you can use to, uh, see who's near you. That is also flying that has registered that they were here. I live here. This is where I fly come and fly with me kind of thing. So yep. go check that out as well. We'll, we'll put some links in, in the description below. Uh, Alex, thanks so much for being here. Jeremy, thanks so much for being Thank on. Thank you, sir. Um, it's really, me. really awesome. Like I said, that, that story about Bill Woodall and, and the stop with, uh, is a fantastic story and I cannot wait. I am, overjoyed to see what what comes from it so thank you for your time uh for cutting that together thank you alex thank you so much for being here and uh thank you all for listening and watching as well thanks guys um uh, make sure that if you haven't done so subscribe uh, and also hit that notification button to let you know that uh when all the other content that we do comes out yep 
like the Bill Woodle stop with. We'll go watch that, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. Also, real quick, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, these are also available on uh, any kind of podcast app. Correct. So if you want to listen to it in your car, it's a great way to do it. If you're listening to it on a podcast app, this is also available on YouTube. So like, if you're hanging out in your shop and you're building a plane <laughs> and you want to put this on, YouTube's a great way. So there's two different ways to get these podcasts. Um, so hopefully that helps some of you guys out there. And thanks again. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys. Deuces. Deuces.